He has arrived. Arrived. Okay, there we go. We've done things. Uh, all right, cool. Um, hello, people listening to this right now in your ears. Um, it's me, Morgan. Uh, it's been uh, it's been I don't know, probably, probably like two, three weeks. Um, since this has been done, things have been happening. Uh, been making some uh, some some short films. So, um, we're back. We're we're strapped. I don't know. We're not. Uh, it's me, and it's also your your favorite person in the entire world. It's Braulio. Hello, beautiful, gorgeous people. How's it hanging? Hopefully, we're not strapped. I don't. I don't want to be pegged or anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I've been reading some uh some 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 spicy books. Is that how it's said? Um, that a friend recommended. Uh, and. <laughs> And that is a that that is a, a plot point that comes up quite often. <laughs> Listen, sometimes those spicy books do tend to um, be better than visual stimulants because I feel like we uh, there's so much out there of the visual stuff that you get a little bit desensitized. So throwing a little bit old school with the readings, just stilled images, kind of not necessarily for the perviness aspect of it, but for like the enjoyment aspect of it. It's more entertaining sometimes. It, it really is. I, I will. I will. I'm going to keep it a buck. I straight up. I read. I've been reading this thing <laughs> and not once <laughs> has it been used for anything other than actual literary enjoyment. I I feel almost I, I feel almost bad that I'm like <laughs> that I'm, I feel like I'm not using it for what it's meant to be used for. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel you. I'm, I'm one of those people who actually read the Fifty Shades books and I never uh, took a trip south of the border with them, but, you know, they were enjoyable, to say the least. Exactly. Like, I just, I started reading it, and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden I got engrossed in the story, and I was like, man, this story is really interesting. And, <laughs> and then it just got to the point where I finished the first book, and I was like, man, that story was great. And then I realized, I was like, I I just all I did was just read a book, <laughs> and then I started on the second one. <laughs> but that's why you're reading, no? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. They're they're entertaining books. They are. They're such entertaining books. I went out and I bought the entire Thrawn story for Star Wars, and I still have the Silmarillion that I haven't even cracked open in a while. I have so many books that I have not opened. Um. And I just and I was like, you know what? Let me get an audio book of a spicy book. You know, <laughs> I gotta say that it's interesting to think that um, the Fifty Shades books are offsprings of the Twilight books because they're yes. fanfics of it. Yes, and Twilight is just a fanfic from My Chemical Romance and Gerard Way. It is. I did not know that. It is. That's that. That's the uh. That's that's the pathway. Is uh. Is Broadway was Stephanie Meyer's uh, muse to create Edward, um, and she you know because much like most people in in the early two thousands, she loved Broadway and My Chemical Romance, and so she wrote Twilight, and then the whoever whoever it was that wrote Fifty Shades, <laughs> wasn't it Anne Rice? You know. Wait, no, she wrote the vampire she, books. Yeah, Anne Rice, I think, does the horny ghost books, right? 
uh, Interview with a Vampire, uh, The Queen of the Dam. Ah, Horny Vampires, okay. Wait, where's yeah. the Vampire Diaries? Who even knows? Probably uh, all of them. The, the, they the, all kind of have like a niche. <laughs> that YA section is dope, though, I'll tell you that much. It, it really is. I, I won't even, I won't even cap. I, you, you know what I've done? I've, I've spent a lot of time in the uh in in a certain back when wattpad was good i was on it okay and i was reading stuff <laughs> i read f- physical media from my ex- my stint my stint working at the new republic library and being uh upkeeper of the dewey decimal system oh yeah Oh, see, I also I also read a lot of physical media. I don't I own a few of the YA books, of course, like, you know, like everybody else. I own a copy of the Hunger Games books. Um, You know, like everybody owns a copy of those. You know, I think I have a few Suzanne Collins books or whatever. Um, But like that YA section, it it really is the goat. There's so many good stories in there. You know, it's just the genre doesn't get you know any respect <laughs> you know which one was always my favorite the the movie adaptations they did no justice and they kind of like dropped the ball hard um the the mage runner they started so good and then they just they just died yes such good actors in that movie in those movies as well like really good actors Will and Poulter. it's just yeah dylan o'brien yep. you know like and they just really did not do anything with that franchise i don't even think they really knew what they were doing i think they were just trying to ride the wave you know you had um was the one with the mortal instruments you had like mortal instruments and uh and uh divergent is that is divergent that, is was that? another good one too i don't think they even finished that one i think they they were gonna like continue it and and like expand into like a tv and mm-hmm. it never panned out See, like, I think I feel like they were all, all every, every studio was just trying to like make one because Hunger Games did like so surprisingly well yep. that they were like, This is the new thing, let's let's do this forever. <laughs> I remember when Hunger Games came out, man, it was like it was like the second coming of sliced bread or something. It really was. I was feral when because I, I had loved those books, even though I, I legitimately could not remember a single thing from those books when the movies came out, except for um, this is spoilers for a book that came out 20 years ago or whatever. But uh, except for when Homeboy blows up the, the children's hospital in the third book, you know, I don't remember anything about it. I know that I watched the movies and I remember I enjoyed them. Is it like that was like the only thing I remembered when the movie by the time the movies came out because I had read those books like so long before you know you, you ever have those like those movies when they like adapt something and you're like oh man I haven't read that in like ten years <laughs> yeah the vampire those well vampire books actually no I did the reverse I saw the movie and then years later I read the book which is a interesting way to do it but it it kind of refreshes the the soul like that yeah. Like it's, I'm. I kind of. Uh, I haven't watched the new interview with the vampire. I don't know if you have. Have you done? There's a new one. I'm not watching it. There's a new TV show. I'm not watching it. I'm not gonna soil my my memory of Lestat and Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt as the pseudo gay vampires that they were. Because let's face it, people, they, they were pretty gay for each other, and I'm also all for it. 
Yeah, I think they expand on that and kind of make it um, explicit that they were, you know, that they were into each other um, in the show. Or at least that's what, that's what I think I'm seeing from the previews because I'm pretty sure there was like there was like a part in the trailer where they kiss. Um, yeah, I'm not watching. No, yeah, True Blood style. No, because it's the it's never stated to be something like so out there in the books so don't yeah. bring it out just for you know for world culture now just keep it as a oh is there some undertone kind of thing that's what i prefer man because it that's that's the way that it was originally intended and that's the way that i liked it i like it is that i feel like it's because that's that's something i saw in the in the trailer but i think from what i've been seeing on tiktok i think they're trying to play it a little bit coy because people have been talking about it, they've been like you know they're like oh she's asking is like is is he the love of your life and this guy's like you know dancing around it or whatever um but there's like one scene from that that i actually do want to watch and it's just the one where he like decides that he's had enough and he just like eats a dude for no reason because he just got he was pissed off that day he was like you know what today i've got time and then he just goes and eats this guy who lestat or louis uh lestat no it's very lestat he was like that's that's the only like part that i actually want to watch of that show otherwise i'm like i i don't really you know like I, the original interview with the vampire was like all right cool but i'm not you know i'm not a big vampire guy like i'm not huge into it into vampire lore i'm much more of like a i'm huge in like werewolf shows i love that <laughs> i that when i originally saw that movie i wasn't into vampires at all but that movie i don't know why it was like the my gateway drug into them and then um the sequel slash reboot queen of the dam was pretty decent but they neutered the lestat character so much and even i you know i wasn't expecting like for example tom cruise to come back and play off Aaliyah the way that the second character act or actor did but come on it would have been better if they would have like at least explored that in some capacity yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. And I, I think it was also hurt by the fact that a lot of people, even to this day, I don't think a lot of people realize that the two movies are connected, yeah. you know, and so it kind of it hurts it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's two different people, right? There's people who are like into vampire stuff. It's like the Team Edward, Team Jacob situation, you know, where it's like there's people who are into vampire stuff, there's people who are into werewolf stuff. And it's like and vampire fans have been eating for a very long time. You guys get every single show, all right? <laughs> get every book, you get every movie. <laughs> vampires We're, are have you seen um Oh my god, what's the one with the leather? Uh the one with the leather Under, Underworld. Oh Underworld. Oh I love Underworld. Oh my gosh. That one's good. With the lichens and um oh. the vamps. Yes, uh, I I I don't even feel bad about saying I love Underworld. Those <laughs> those movies are directed fairly well. The story makes no sense, but I love them. <laughs> there, there, there was a fetish or like a like a creepy odd desire in the late nineties, early two thousands for all characters to be like draped in leather, very tight leather. Because look at um. Matrix, Underworld, uh, what other movie was? Blade. Blade. Uh, Spawn. Yeah. X-Men to some extent. Oh, those those X-Men costumes. There's no way that was breathable. Yeah. 
And that, come on, man. That, that, what was a fetish with the leather back in? I mean, I'm all for it, but the hell was the point? Is I mean, I think it was just because it looks cool. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing cooler than think about like uh, hair metal bands. You know, in the '70s with the leather pants, where it's like there's no way that you can feel your balls right now. But it's like, but you, you know, you're like Yosemite Sam up there. You know, like the leather pants are just spray painted on. You know, but you look so cool. They should bring that back, man. That'd be a good um, trend for the for the talk of tick. Yeah. You know, I'd do it. Same here. You know, I, I could rock some leather pants, I feel. Let's bring back the, the leather the leather dusters. <laughs> bring back leather jackets, like the one that um the ones without the sleeves. Like the one that um Ooh. Hollywood Rock used to wear. What? Yeah. I'm all for it. <clears throat> you know, like if they uh I feel like there there's so many stylistic choices. Because I, I, I constantly think about um about the style the like the style choices in uh in Jonah Hex. Because, so like, long. Is it like that movie is not good. And like anybody on the planet, everybody knows that movie's not good. Like it had no chance of being good. But like the the clothing of it for a movie set in for a superhero movie set in the Wild West this the clothing choices are actually pretty like they're pretty solid for the modern day some of them mm-hmm. like I, i'd wear some of those outfits you know like they're pretty solid <laughs> you know a movie mm-hmm. now they're talking about the old westerns uh the good the guy the, well the good the bad and the ugly for some reason i always yeah. whenever i'm like bored i always go on youtube and i look up the you know the one scene mm-hmm. classic classic and I yeah. just do the 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 poncho look with the with the smoking to the side. Makes me want to pick up smoking or you know, wear ponchos just to like go do laundry or something. Exactly, you know. Bring bandoliers back. Bring back ponchos. You know, give me give me a cigar, a cool hat, like a, te- a ten gallon Stetson, and I'm rocking. Yeah, I, I prefer that over these fruity color hairstyles that people are rocking and these multifaceted of um, colorfulness that people are rocking nowadays. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Now. It's not. It's not for me. Is I mean I I like it on uh I like it on some people, and on uh, some people I'm like all right you can't pull it off you know I think it's that way with like any fashion trend you know what I mean like there's people that you're like oh yeah you make that work and then there's people you're like oh it oh, works honey. for the younger kids <laughs> or the younger generation it doesn't work for people my generation and older that are kind of like yeah like bro we went to high school at the same time stop trying to make fetch happen you know what I'm saying. Yeah, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, hello there, little guy. Oh, you, you know, I too have my hair colored. <laughs> I would like to go to a slumber uh, situation with you. And well, yeah, there was, I was gonna go dark way. No, right? <laughs> Listen, I mean, uh, I will say, you know, hey, if if you have your hair colored, do your thing. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we think. But you know, it, but really, if unless you've had your hair colored since like the seventies and you're like sixty five, maybe now's not the time to change up the look. You know? Yeah. Just reconsider some things. Yeah, get get some extensions as well, so you don't damage your hair. This is a message to everybody out there who have colored their hair. Okay, if you're just going for a streak or two, put in an extension that's been colored. Do not damage your hair. 
because you're going to end up, you know, you're going to ruin your hairline because you're going to be losing hair because you bleached it so many times. Please, I'm looking out for you. Get some extensions and just color the extensions. (laughs) And I would suggest that you invest in soap. Not because you're dirty or anything, but invest in like soap corporations because, you know, soap is, um, makes bubbles and bubbles are the epitome of um, Balenciaga and... I don't know what I'm talking about, but Morgan made good points, and I felt like I needed to say something cool too. So this is my <laughs> my attempt at trying to say something. So you know, go next. Bubble Bob, Bubble Bob. So uh, <laughs> so Braulio, <laughs> the Braulio. Yes, sir. Uh, have you heard? Have you heard the DC news that one Mister a gun is gonna be uh, a gunning for certain positions? That that news. Yes, I believe. Uh, I believe it's uh, it's it's confirmed now, right? That he is uh, the new co CEO uh, of uh, of DC. Dude, I saw that coming a mile away. I saw that coming. The moment. Um, and for those of you that are unaware, um, James Gunn is now the new co head of of DC, which is now its own studio. So mm-hmm. you know, hopefully they're gonna produce better films now. Um, I saw well, that coming from a mile away. Breath. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. <laughs> but I saw that coming from a mile away. When this man was giving the reins to uh, a new iteration of Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and Warner Brothers kept like bending over backwards for anything that he wanted to do. Hey, you want this project? Do it, do it, do it. I saw that happening. And then the fact that he was never officially named the, the second in command at Marvel, it was an obvious choice. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a smart it's a smart play, um, because I you know I I feel like he was kind of holding out a little bit um, to see what was happening, uh, what would happen over at Marvel and what you know because I feel like if if Marvel hadn't made him you know right hand man, I feel like he wouldn't have left. Um, but you know you, you when you have the opportunity, I'm sure it comes with a massive pay rise. Um, and you have the opportunity to do whatever you want, you know, and and have whatever projects you want and green light whatever you want, um, within reason, you know, as long as and you know, and really kind of you know leave your mark on on not just superhero movies, but you know, on Hollywood itself, um, you take that opportunity, you know, like you don't you don't turn that down, and like with the way that uh, that Warner Brothers was cleaning house over there, you, they needed somebody in charge. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not too familiar with other. Gentleman, the um, Stafford, I think his last name is Stafford. Yeah, Peter, Peter Stafford, or something like that. Yeah, he's um, he has a long um track sheet as well. And um, the way that the distribution is going to be is Jim, James Gunn is going to be the one, the person in charge of creative, so he doesn't necessarily have to worry about the, the business aspect of things, which is you know something that he might not be too familiar with, so that's a, a good compromise. And I'm actually excited to see what happens. Um, a lot of people were saying, oh, DC, at least on the TikTok side, DC's um, going to take the cake on Marvel. But at the end of the day, the winners are really going to be the fans. Yeah. Kevin Feige uh, was doing a press tour for Black Panther or the red carpet for Black Panther yesterday. And even, he even said it himself, when when he drops the, when James Gunn drops the first DC project, he's going to be the first in line to see it. So there's no... Yes, there's competition there because, you know, studio versus studio, obviously, and you want your studios to be the best, but they're producers and they're friends and they're, they want them to succeed. And we as fans should be very excited about this. 
Exactly. Especially uh, since James Gunn uh, said, um, which if anybody out there is listening and they know James Gunn, uh, tell him to hit me up. Tell him to be like, hey, uh, give give Morgan a movie, um, preferably a Red Hood movie. Green light it. Me as director. Um, (laughs) But yeah, James Gunn uh, said in an interview, he was like, hey, we might do, you know, a Marvel versus DC crossover now that he's in charge of DC, you know, and and of course, obviously, you know, with him doing the the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and him and Kevin Feige being very close friends, you know, we might we might get some uh, some cool crossover things and hopefully, you know. We might get a, re, a, a run it back of the 90s Marvel and, and DC comics <laughs> where Batman and Wolverine like blended together. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I'd love that. I, I, would, I would love to, to have that happen again because that was like that, really that was the fun time in comics where nobody cared about anything. Yeah, uh, I need a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Take it. I'm vampiring. So this is a, a commercial break. Um, is it a commercial? I don't know. But uh, this is the in-between times where we're going to talk about sports while Bradley was gone. Um, just me and you. This probably isn't going to stay in the episode. Uh, but this is, you know, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at. I'm looking at the. Uh, it's been a crazy year for baseball. All right, ladies and gents out there, this is probably not staying in the episode. But I'm back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sports time is over, nerds. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you were saying James Gunn. Yeah, uh, I feel like that. Like before what was it when was the the marvel dc crossovers it was probably like late 80s something like that the last one uh, that was in 2008 oh wow yeah that was a lot more recent than i remember <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> that's the one that we got the um the merging of certain characters and in, in order to compete like we got uh oh my god captain america and superman they became Okay, yeah. Amalgam, yeah, the Amalgam comics. Yes, yeah. there you go. Yeah, the Amalgam comics. Yeah, Amalgam universe. Yeah, I lo- I love those things because that was like the silly fun stuff that like before you know like before everybody came became obsessed with like continuity and um you know and and this that and whatever that was like the fun stuff that that I just loved about comics. It's just dumb things could happen, you know. <laughs> like, and. I agree with you. I think now, even if they don't outright do crossover events or anything like that, just the possibility that is out there is something that we as the fans could like more so on. And think about it. Both these franchises are dealing heavy with the multiverses, right? So what's not yeah. to say that what's up beyond the, the multiverse? Well, there's another like um, beyond multiverse and we can't reach it and like let's say at some point we might get too close and we see that it's like a alternative reality that where there is a cape crusader yeah what i'm saying that'd be that'd be pretty cool yeah that, that would be very it would be very fun um speaking of cape crusaders or mm-hmm. i guess is he cape crusader i don't know uh speaking of boy scouts um Bradley and i have been doing a little something something a little, little sauce, a little, uh, little, 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 little something special called rewatching Smallville. <laughs> yes. 
good choice or bad choice, Bradley? <laughs> so, this came about uh, out of um, the accessibility of streaming services and the fact that Smallville is now on Hulu. So, I started watching Smallville because I had nothing else to watch. And I told Morgan, listen, you, me, Smallville. We need to do this. We need to rekindle the, the joyness of what is the greatest hairline in human history. And <laughs> it became the best choice in life, man. Come on. Is I'm I'm really enjoying it again. Like I remember um I remember how much I really like I used to watch this thing every single week. Like I used to crowd around a television every week and watch this show. And it was the greatest thing that I'd ever seen because like, you know, this was a few years out from uh, the Brandon Routh Superman movie, you know? So it's like the only other Superman stuff was, uh, was Christopher Reeve and like, you know, the television shows like Superman and Lois or whatever that weren't great. And this is like, you know, this is the moment where you're like, oh, he's like me. He's he's around my age. Even though he was like in his late 20s. You know, when they had that makeup on there to try and cover up his stubble. You know what's crazy, though? You make up a good point. Smallville was the best show for Superman that was at the time. And it wasn't even just the best show for Superman. It was the best like CW show it was to me it was the show that made cause it was what um what was it the, it wasn't CW at that point still it was what WB yeah I think it was WB at the time yeah or UPN or whatever the hell it was yeah one of the two I think UPN I think, I think it was I, UPN yeah man it was that was a must watch TV cause from there then they their network started expanding and became the mo- the best network in cable television cause they had Smallville they had Supernatural they had um that what was the other show? That another show. Diaries. Which one? <laughs> Vampire Diaries. I don't know. Yes, Vampire Diaries, which I'm a big fan. Um, and yeah, those shows were amazing. And just a little mm-hmm. disclaimer: this episode, we're gonna be covering episodes one through four, or we're gonna be discussing it here now. And but this part is also gonna be uh, included in the Lobo TV podcast, which is a rebranded of what used to be the Braulio Show podcast. Uh, you guys can continue following the the review of Smallville on the Lobo TV podcast. Mm-hmm. There's all I would also like to to say um, that another CW show that I enjoy, <laughs> much like how you enjoy Vampire Diaries, I enjoy a little show called Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> oh, that show was so interesting. I don't want to say bad or good. It was just interesting. <laughs> i don't know what it is like i have i have really like i'm weirdly high standards for television and movies sometimes and sometimes i just love the the weirdest stuff but that's a that's such a out there show man but it was so and it's got a girl from smallville in it (laughs) i think that she left smallville to be in that show I mean that's a that was a career choice for sure, but like, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> oh man, those, those uh, late two thousand two thousand shows were they were definitely something. They really were, but yeah, uh, Smallville. 
2000 October of 2001 fresh uh you know for for you know fresh off of one of the the biggest tragedies in in U.S. history um one month later they go here's here's going to be one of the greatest superhero shows of all time um Smallville episode one what were you what were you feeling when you first watched it how you how do you think it still holds up how you feeling about it (laughs) so when you reference the dates it makes me think about the fact that that show episode one it features a lot of buildings getting destroyed and i'm yes. still surprised that to this day well not to this day but back in the day they actually showed those buildings being crushed even though granted it was you know debris and not planes and it was on um, meteorites or whatever i'm still surprised that it was shown even in the intro but yeah. um the cgi holds up not as good as one would hope, but for a low budget, not low budget, for a TV budget, CW TV budget, is it holds up pretty well. It really does. I mean, Doctor Who had like about on par CGI as, as Smallville did in, in episode one. And that was like Christopher Eccleston stuff in like 2005 or 2006. So like... And like the CGI wasn't bad. I mean, we all saw Ang Lee's uh, Hulk in 03. So the CGI was not, you know, it, it wasn't great back then. Yeah, we way. all saw Godzilla too. So we could watch Ooh. most of that and we could watch anything. But, um, <laughs> you know, one criticism that I would have of Smallville in the earlier seasons or the earlier episodes is their over reliance of re explaining everything. Like, mm. So episode one, you know, we we obviously get a lot of uh, exposition and a lot of um, backstory into Clark and the way that his that kind of he's learning about his powers and how he's feeling guilty or his dad makes him feel guilty about trying to use him and or not letting him use him. And I mm-hmm. feel like that gets harped on way too much at the beginning to the point that it's like, OK, I, I get it. Let me breathe a little bit on it. You've been saying it for the first three episodes. I get it. You made your point. You're cautious about it. You don't want your son to exploit it. You don't want your son to join the football team. But relax, bro. Relax. Is it Jonathan really did? He stayed on Clark's neck like that whole time about that. (laughs) Yeah. And Jonathan was one of the best TV dads at that time. Yes. Very much. But that did bother me a lot exactly like it's one of those things like i i looked at it and especially watching it now the like the the one criticism i had is like kind of tied to that is like the is the the pacing of the show like sometimes it feels like it's moving very quickly you know what I mean? mm-hmm. <laughs> with like uh especially with like certain relationships it feels like it's moving very fast like with clark and lex's like friendship sometimes it's like you kind of just met this guy like there's no way you're this close of friends to be like just walking in this dude's house you know <laughs> uh, the fact that they're so non like the the whole thing with lex too is like lex is one of the richest people in small he's actually the richest person in smallville the rich one of the richest people in the world and you're telling me this man can go to like any old cafe and people are just like oh whatever it's lex luther exactly you know like it did like sometimes it's like it feels like it's moving very very quickly and sometimes it feels like it's moving like at a snail's pace in certain aspects but like i did i i feel like the the stuff they focused on 
I think they were, especially in those earlier seasons, I think they were very much focusing on like building this idea of like a John Hughes type story almost, where it's like Clark pining after Lana and him dealing with like all this high school stuff and, and everything and him like trying to make friends that aren't like, you know, his, his regular friends of like Chloe and, uh, and hairline, you know? Yeah. You know, but I feel like they succeeded pretty well at, at doing that because I felt, you know, like even watching it now, like as an adult, I'm looking at it. I'm kind of like, you know, he's a little bit. Yeah. Jonathan being a little bit unreasonable. I'd have let him keep the truck. Would you have let Clark keep that truck? <laughs> uh, I would have. Yeah. It's coming free from, truck. It's coming from the Lucas. They got money. They can afford it. Exactly. Free truck. You know, I'm not no payments. You ain't got to pay no money on that. Well, that's that's I'm keeping that. (laughs) One thing about Smuggler that I do enjoy. And so here's two things that I enjoy. One thing that I didn't really did not enjoy. So I enjoyed the way that the villains have been coming out. You know, they're being Mm. affected by the the kryptonite, the meteorite or whatever. And I like the way that they're kind of explaining how their powers work. I like the characters, their their acting. Um, in the earlier episodes, we don't get a lot of um, shine on Chloe, but we could definitely tell that she's gonna be a major player moving moving forward. And she does; mm-hmm. she becomes a bigger bigger character or player in later seasons. Um, one thing that I do not like, which I for I don't remember how long she stays in the show, but I hate Lana's arm crossing. And it's one of these things that whenever she goes, Clark, I wish I could visually show, but she crosses her arms and it's just, Clark's, oh my God, it's cringy every time. It really is. They, they, I feel like they told her to ham it up as like a Molly Ringwald type, you know? Yeah, like I get that you're the, that you're going for the sort of dance on in distress, uh, broken sweet preppy girl interest but they they dialed it up to 100 they really i mean she was she was uh they i feel like they were trying to create a moment you know what i mean yes every in every episode yeah because it was like what oh one when did mean girls come out is that around that time i don't remember I feel like that was around that time but there was like you know there was this whole like movement of uh you know of like fantasy girls or whatever you know or manic pixie dream girls or whatever this that the third you know where it was like that that whole like situation was starting to come about and i feel like they were trying to like create you know they were trying to make her the 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 fantasy girl of prime time for every teenager you know and and visually they kind of succeeded because you know she's a kristen kristen dunce right no is that her name? Uh, no, no. Kristen Dunst is uh, Mary Jane Watson. Yeah, Kristen... Kristen Krucek or something like that? Kristen Stewart? Martha Stewart? I don't know. Whatever the actress name that plays Lana. I'm sorry if I forgot her name. Uh, we would love to have you on the show so you could talk about your experience in Smallville. But um, yes. yes, I forgot your name. Anyways, <laughs> she she was really pretty. Pretty girl. Pretty girl. She was uh, in one of my favorite movies too in um, Eurotrip. She was Fiona. Oh yeah, yeah. She's a very good actor. Uh, sure. Uh, listen, I, maybe I'm distracted. Okay. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> All right. I've been watching a lot. I've rewatched Beauty and the Beast at least three times. Okay. She, she's good to me. 
she's okay. She's um she has a lot of quirks to her that kind of when you see her, you see her. Like she's very distinct. I don't think she's done anything recently though. Probably not. You know, I mean, is 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 who even knows? You know, maybe she's married. You know, maybe I I don't think that's the thing I should have been focusing on, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like Linda Cardellini from from Boy Meets World. You know what I mean? Um, Kristen Kirk. Mean, I, I, Kristen Kirk. Yeah, something like. I mean, she's very. Uh, she's she's very distinct in her acting style, like a uh, like the actress who plays Deb in in Dexter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like very distinct. Like you know when it's uh when it's Deb or Jennifer something is her name. The, the one who plays Connelly? Deb. Is it Jennifer Con- I don't think that's Jennifer Connelly, is it? Right now. Who is it? Who is it that plays Deb in uh in Dexter? She is Jennifer something. Um but yeah, like how she kinda has like a very distinct acting style with like, you know, she's crying usually. Um <laughs> like I don't know why in every single role they're like, we need you to cry as much as humanly possible mm-hmm. <laughs> oh interesting she was Chun-Li oh in Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li I did not know that that explains a lot yep Expl- explains well, a lot <laughs> so let me ask you about the in relationship well in relation to the first four episodes uh, episode one we get introduced to Clark to Lex and you know uh, mm-hmm. pretty much the the catalyst that drives the their relationship home, the accident at the bridge at the wit. Oh, I forgot yeah. the name of the bridge. Uh, yeah. Episode two, we kind of get the buildup of the relationship with um, Lana, Clark, and Whitney, which is uh, Lana's boyfriend. Where they find out that the that Whitney kind of put Clark uh, as the scarecrow on episode mm-hmm. one for you know part of the the hazing for the football team mm. uh episode three ish we get kind of like the build up of the relationship between pete chloe and clark which is clark joining the football team and mm. dealing with the fire starter coach and you know we got a closer look into clark's relationship with his father and then mm-hmm. episode four where we see kind of a uh, greater build up of the relationship between Lana and Clark where the girl has the powers of shape shifting and she's kind of a fangirl of Lana to put it nicely so in my opinion episode 1 through 4 do, does a great thing or does a very good thing of kind of building relationship by having episode long arcs that kind of Take a character or a bad guy that's getting the power from the meteorites in episode one being the guy that had the power of electricity and kind of using that as the catalyst to help build up a relationship between characters. How do you feel, Morgan, about the way that relationships are structured in Smallville, um, at least in the earlier episodes? How do you feel that the villains are portrayed in terms of kind of the way that their powers are either developed, explored or exploited? And last but not least, how do you feel that the the story of Clark is being developed at least in the first four episodes? I know it's kind of a loaded question, and you know. 
hope, hope, I, hope, hope you got some goodies in there. I think, I think it's, um, I think they're kind of like connected, right? Like I, I really like the way, cause okay. So I think it has to kind of go back to the Superman comics as well. Cause Smallville for unlike almost every other Superman, like iteration on on the screen smallville feels to me at least a lot closer connected to like comic book superman you know yeah like i don't know if that makes sense (laughs) it does which is interesting since um tom welling always said that one of the stipulations for him was to never be superman which is why he never donned the donned the suit exactly like but he feels the closest to that sort of like he's bumbling a little bit but he's also you know he he clearly cares for people and for his friends and for mm-hmm. all these types of things so the way that they're building those relationships feels like almost almost like how Clark and and Lois or Clark and Jimmy or or Clark and um and Bib or Bob from the bar or whatever would have almost entire comic issues or mini series almost where it would just be focusing on their relationships and they would go on this adventure and do something together and they would and you would learn and and build out you know not only Clark's relationship with that character but you'd also build out that character and their backstory and like all this types of stuff so I, I love that they're taking that like that comic booky approach to that that like you know just giving it time to breathe I, I did love jumping from that to like the villains i did love the the fact that they took it to you know making everything encapsulated right like everything is the fault of the meteorite Mm -hmm. right like you know from you know from the little easter eggs of like the fastest man alive on the computer screen and the korean kid who like can start fires or whatever like all this stuff stems from that like from the meteorite incident and from clark himself which gives a a lot more weight to like clark's decisions to like help and and have to be the one to stop a lot of this stuff because he feels like oh it's his fault if he hadn't come to earth none of this would have happened like stuff like that and it gives chloe a little bit more you know a little bit more depth and a little bit of something to do because she has you know the wall of weird and and she's like studying all this stuff like i really really enjoy that and i do like it's a you know it, it has that procedural elements of like you know like an ncis or a law and order or something like that with the monster of the week but i i really enjoy the way that they do it in smallville because it here. feels it feels different from like it feels natural and authentic exactly like it feels so much more natural and authentic than like say uh the flash or you know or or uh, not really legends of tomorrow legends of tomorrow was like intentionally wacky and and camp but like you know a lot of the modern quote-unquote modern cwdc shows it doesn't feel like natural as to why a lot of these villains are like attacking you know it's just like it feels like oh they show up a thing has to happen because it has to happen and then you know we do a thing and then you know and they they're, it's like they're looking at the audience and being like you know why you're here let's just, let's get through this next 45 minutes please you know <laughs> like but in smallville it was like everything had a reason even like going to a uh, scarecrow guy from episode one right like he had a reason why he was attacking and he had a reason why he you know why he saw clark becoming the new scarecrow and that set him off to being like i'm gonna attack homecoming because they won't stop doing this like i fulfilled my personal revenge but seeing clark up on the on the scarecrow thing sets him off you know and it's funny because um scarecrow man 
he was also if you remember the the beginning of the episode when when um well he's the whole reason that Lex loses his hair because Lex overhears somebody asking for help and he's the one that he sees. Yes. Which so. they made Lex look horrible. <laughs> the kid Lex. Yeah. <laughs> they had him looking messed up. I was they like, oh, tweaking. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, even the the way that like you're mentioning, like the even if they do the monster of the week, the way that they're building towards the larger story is you could tell that there's something going on in the background like the fact that um uh what's Lex, Lex's dad um Lex's dad's name uh Alexander uh yes Lionel, I believe Lionel. it's supposed to be yeah Lionel you know yeah. comics is like Alexander or something but whatever <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Lionel keeps like kind of coming back into town and you could tell that you know he might be becoming uh, somebody that stays more often which he does later on but you know not to get too ahead of ourselves and mm. kind of like seeing how the the friendship between Lex and Clark keeps building and eventually how it's gonna crumble and be get to that point that Lex and Clark are the, the rivals that we know and love from the comics Exactly. Because it, it feels, you know, it feels like watching. It, it's almost like it's almost like reliving high school to a degree. Right. Like, and I think yep. it's a different perspective now that, you know, we're, we're adults, you know, like it's it, I think it's a different perspective than when I watched it when I was younger. Because it's like, you know, now I'm looking back and I'm I'm not just looking at it as like, oh, yeah, it's Superman. I'm, I'm thinking about like, you know, the beefs that I had with, with certain people or friends, you know, friendships that dissolved because of because of this, that or the third or, or girls that, you know, that that I had, you know, an argument with a, a, an athlete because of a girlfriend that we might have, you know, <laughs> we both dated the same girl at one point. Right. Like it's it brings a different look to it and it brings a different perspective. And it's like watching this show, you can tell that the creators really did, you know, they had so much care and so much love for it. And it's like, everything is kind of, everything feels right when you're watching like the villains kind of expand, even watching like uh, the Firestarter coach, right? Like his, his reasonings, makes sense and it makes sense why he has the powers he has and it makes sense why he's doing what he's doing right because everything seems to be against him and he's like he's doing it because he thinks he's right right like i think that's the difference between like smallville villains and a lot of other like villains from other shows right is smallville mm-hmm. villains they think they're right they think they're doing something good <laughs> with the exception of i think um shape shifting girl or yeah, shapeshifting girl, but also um creepy dude who was in the trees in Lana's Lana's yard. Which Bugman. What's up? yeah, what's all the creep factor in the, these first few episodes? I was like looking, and Clark gets that like telescope and like points it at Lana's house. I was like, yo. Not only that, but it kind of raises the question also of Firestarter coach. So he's very abusive of his teams now, of his teammates, of the players now, right? But yeah. what about when Jonathan was in the team? Was he abusive then? How come Jonathan didn't mention that to Clark? I feel like he kind of was. Because remember, he like Jonathan says to Clark, he's like, oh, did he give you the same speech? He was like, he's been telling that speech for 20-something years. So Just that, don't listen to him. So that means that Jonathan, <laughs> to some extent, was okay with the abuse. Or I think so. That's a racist question. About, he, might, he might actually not be that righteous dad that I was thinking. I mean, maybe. I mean, he he told Clark, he was like, listen, all you got to do is just go down there and stand up for yourself. So maybe he like stood up for himself because everybody thought Jonathan was like 
you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, so. <laughs> but yeah. So I'm excited to continue watching Smallville. Uh, next week's show, we're going to cover, I don't know how many episodes we're going to be watching per uh, roundup or review. But I'll uh, leave it up to you. I think since Smallville is nine, eight seasons long. It's eight seasons. I thought it was ten. Oh yeah, ten seasons long. <laughs> Twenty-two episodes per season. I think we could do four episodes per per talk through again. Rock and roll. Alright, so we'll catch you guys on episode eight. Four through eight. Yeah. And that'll be <laughs> on the Global TV podcast. Exclusive to yes, YouTube. Soon to be distributed everywhere the podcasts are sold. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, before we get out of here, um, we've almost done our hour. It's lovely time. Um, time flies. But, <laughs> but before we get out of here, um, for all of you out there listening, Braulio is going to give, we're going to give our recommendations. Braulio, what, what you've been, uh, what you've been watching, what you've been reading, what you've been listening to? What do you, what do you think the people should be checking out? So watching or reading rather, I've been, um, catching up uh, with manga and, uh, I've been rereading Saint Seiya Next Generation. It started being published back in 20, 2002 and we're still going it's still going strong the story mm. right now has taken a crazy turn and um they gone into a six month hiatus so kind of sad face right now but if you're interested in reading a, a long-term manga and you like fighting and you like uh kind of the uses of the usage of mystical powers i will highly recommend saint seiya next generation you will have about 800 issues to go through but good that's Lord. the fun part man it's, it's so long term that you will have a good time it's like one piece <laughs> yeah that's it yeah pretty much and watching yeah Nothing really major. Just watching stuff in the background as I do work. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I I will I will say go and uh, if you have not go and uh, either watch the anime for or read the manga because I've been enjoying both. Um, for Spy Family, I really really been enjoying that show. It's adorable. It's uh, it's a nice little little family, uh, little family romp, which is not oftentimes seen in anime or in manga. A lot of times, you know, it's 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 some based on something else, but it's got good action. Um, you know, if you don't know the 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 synopsis about a little girl, um, with telepathy, her dad is a spy, her mom is an assassin. None of them, you know, neither knows, um, you know, and they're uh, they're trying to save the world, um, by getting her through preparatory school. Uh, it's very fun. It's very cute. It's very. Uh, they got an anime. It's great. It's an enjoyable time. Um, Where can they watch this anime? Is it on? You can watch it on on the Crunchyrolls, uh, and you can read the manga on. You know, we all know where the websites are that we can <laughs> read manga or buy it. I don't know. Uh, I need a new website for manga. So if you got a good one, text it to me because the one that I used to use, it kind of it went through the. Oh, we discovered you. We're going to shut you down. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I hate when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think uh, I think there's a new 
uh, issue of Tensura, which I'm I'm gonna buy almost as soon as we get as soon as we're, we're done here. I'm gonna buy the newest issue of Tensura, um, which I enjoy. It's just it's it's just a it's an isekai it's an isekai manga and also anime. Um, that's just about a dude who is building a country and because he wants to have you know the most fun life that he possibly can, and I love it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that's what I've been reading and watching. Um, but listening, uh, Paramore's got a new album coming out soon. That's a thing that's happening. It's 2002 all over again. It is, man. The who else is from the early? I think Avril Lavigne is in the mood. In the mood, <laughs> I think she's dropping like an album or something. She did. Uh, she did drop an album. Um, it was good. It was it was, it was good. Some of the songs I really really enjoyed. Um, but I will I will put it this way: it I have not played it on repeat like I did um, the Skater Boy album or Complicated or Girlfriend. <laughs> Those were classics. They are. They're very much classics. Um, but the album's good. The album's not bad. Uh, some of the songs are really really good, um, and some are like yeah, all right. Um, I think she's just getting back into the groove of it because it's been, you know, it's been a long time, you know. Mm. But we get, you know, everybody's getting back into it. <laughs> they should, they should bring back good music. Yeah, and uh, I, I kind of knowing what happened, what went down in Vegas with when we were young festival. I kind of wish I had bought a ticket. I should have done it <laughs> just for the meme. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking. Um, they they made a music festival for uh for all the like you know pop punk and and punk music from the early 2000s mm-hmm. that was headlined by my chemical romance and paramore <laughs> oh, that sounds fun yeah it was it was last weekend um and jimmy world was there you know all the all the all the the mainstays of of that you know of that that era of music um were there with the exception of thing like blink 182 and and a couple others um but Saturday, one of the days, it was supposed to go Saturday and Sunday. Saturday got shut down because of wind. Um, it was like 60 mile an hour gale force winds or something like that. So they had to shut down Saturday. And almost all the bands did like pop-up shows for free all across the Vegas Strip because it was in Las Vegas. Um so people just got to like, you know, and they were like hanging out at bars and whatever with fans or whatever, just all night long, all across the Vegas Strip. Um, so they, they were, you know, it turned out apparently pretty well for that. And then Sunday, you know, people got to go and watch uh, watch the set. So I wish I I kind of wish I had I bought a ticket for that. I should have done it for the meme. <laughs> that sounds like it failed successfully. Is it? It failed successfully, you know, because I, I was looking at it, I was keeping up with it. Um and people were like complaining because they were like, I can't believe they shut it down. I can't believe they shut it down. And I, all I could think was, um, you're in Vegas, like, and you're already fit to party. Like, go and do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's, that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then, you know, you had the added benefit of like, oh, they're playing, you know, free shows all over the Vegas Strip. And I might go out drinking with Gerard Way tonight. You know what I mean? Like that I would have been perfectly fine with it getting shut down at that point i you wouldn't have seen me for three days <laughs> <laughs> like it, it would have been bad so i if they do it again i think i'll buy a ticket for the next one i think um but i should have done it for this one that would have been that would have been quite the quite the enjoyment i think <laughs> yeah i got you i got you 
yeah but um yeah that's uh that's what i've been watching that's what i've been reading that's what i've been listening to um Bralia, where can the people find you uh you can find me on tiktok on global underscore funko and on youtube at global tv wonderful wonderful go and check those out um if you like collecting stuff uh go and follow bralio because bralio is a big collector mainly of funko pops but he also enjoys other things um but it's also mainly funko pops so if you enjoy funko pops he's your guy tell your friends um and you can find me on the internet uh on twitter uh and morgan l brooks uh on the youtube i don't know they, they're making handles now i'm gonna make a handle i don't know but youtube's got handles now i'll make something but right now just it's my name morgan brooks uh go there um and if, if you see me at a at a fashion show this weekend or last weekend by the time this goes up sup uh but yeah thank you uh for listening we appreciate it and good night and goodbye peace